This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. So let's get to it because it is the last Tuesday of the month. Business as usual with our book club. So once a month, we get to choose a book, choose a recommendation of a book from a listener or a colleague. We rope a lot of people into this. And um, this time I picked a book. I guess I couldn't find anybody else. Yeah, Kels? That's what usually ends up happening. And No, there's other reasons, folks. We won't go into all that. But the, no what the important reasons. part is... That forced me to have to pick one. It's my turn. <laughs> Next one. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Exactly. So um, anyways, we and you can review these books. We get into it. The authors, the narrators, we love them. We don't love them. We have very candid discussions at this time. So the book for today is Women Talking. This is a 2018 release. It's by Canadian author Marion Taves. I've been saying their last name wrong in all kinds of ways, but it is Taves. Uh, and it's the seventh book she's written, so just some you know context that she's a very well-renowned author. Um, and, of course, this movie, or sorry, this book, was made into a film that was Oscar-nominated, I believe, last year, 2022. And so lots of uh, attraction, attention, and just uh, so much insight into people's reviews and feelings about the book slash film. Mm. We read it. It was just over six hours. I haven't as an seen audiobook. the film, though. No, same, but but, same. but I can imagine. Yep. It's an actor's dream to be in this, as we God, as people yeah. just because yeah. of the the choice characters and the roles. Mm. Uh, it's one and of the those stories. Yeah, yep. it's it's really one of those that I think uh, f- for the lady actresses out there, it, you know, it would be really something for mm-hmm. those getting these roles. But as an audiobook, and by the way, like the book and um, film are very close in in. Uh, how do you say it? Like the the movie straight stays very true to the book, as far as I'm uh, aware. I would imagine. Yeah, but the audiobook itself is just over or just under six hours. I believe it's just over six hours, and it's set in a remote Mennonite colony in Bolivia. Okay, and the whole thing is very situational, meaning uh, it revolves around a group of women who in the colony who come together to discuss. Their decision making. So this is a process of a decision making around a series of sexual assaults that have occurred within the Mennonite community in their colony. And the setting itself is very important because it signifies the context around all of it. Um, Obviously, there's a lot going on, Kels, in terms of what they're dealing with, um, how much there is to actually discuss. But it's all happening, you know, within the barn, within the colony, within the the realm of things so what about the setting and the context stuck for you well again i now that you mentioned the film thing i i totally stop and think this is a place a conversation where this secret of meeting this discussion these decisions made by these women are in a barn um a barn where these women sit around talk different ages different generations smoking some Mm -hmm. of them in a barn where there's all sorts of hay. Yeah. Because like they're literally having meetings where they're taking notes, minutes. Taking notes. They have someone taking That's notes. What this whole thing is. Uh, who is the only character we meet in the book that actually seems to spend time away? Who wins? England? Yeah, London, England. Where his who? family, uh, August. August, yes, yes. His, the, the, the minute taker. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is the only of the males. He, he stands out. 
to us as as the, he is a device in there to take notes, but help us understand and and hear and have certain things explained to us that could not be really explained by the females involved in the decision making um, over these atrocities to the to the ladies of of the community. So I found that very interesting done this way. The barn. Of course, these people are having a secretive meeting mm. um, in a barn on a farm where the one one character's husband, this is his barn. Mm. The dominance of males in this community regardless. However, these males had been found out to be attacking these women, drugging them, attacking them in their sleep, and were prosecuted. We see none of that. We hear none of that. We hear these, the yeah, aftermath. Yeah, these things are already set up for us when yes. the book starts. We yeah. are getting the, if you will... What action has to be taken, not even to seek revenge, to protect future women disgusted in what has happened, what's gone on, but an acceptance of moving on in life. And this is where you get the what the right thing is to do, what not. This is where I feel uh, in a film be some choice films or um, acting roles. But in this, you get to hear and very distinct female characters Without the interference, Ramya, of the men in question, yep. um, we hear strength. And again, in a society that we may not at all be able to relate to, mm. believe this is going, almost feel like, well, these women don't seem to have any rights. How do these guys even get prosecuted? It's, right. It seems like the kind of, we're used to an environment like this where the men run rickshot over whoever and do whatever they want without the prosecution. Well, beyond the prosecution, in this case, the women are trying to decide what they need to do beyond the actual supposed punishments of these men. Right, right. And that, you know, you mentioned a really interesting point, which is that we don't get to hear from the men. They are We don't even know what their sentence was. We don't even know... Because we're getting just the conversations, the alleged accusations, the punishments that are sort of happening, but not necessarily. Like the men are going to return at any given point. At one point, they do return. And there's a lot of fear and hesitation and running around and lying. And then, oh, my gosh, we're lying and we're teaching our children to lie. What do we do now? This is, you know, there's so much religious uh, undertone and overtone in this entirety of the process. The fact that they're hiding and smoking and talking about this in plain context right without any kind of like uh you know let's let's not call the spade a spade like they are fully putting everything on the table and as things get more frustrating as the conversations get more uh to become more debate like as the women start to turn on each other Uh as some women are accused of being naive your truth is not the truth right that kind of tone comes out you get to see just Uh, how uncomfortable this whole thing can be, and not just for us, the listener, but August, the minute taker, right? So, you know, the irony uh, is not um, hidden that he is the only man that we really get to hear from. Also, he's the only character in this book that we get internal uh, from, right? Any internal thoughts at all, because the other women are, we're getting their speech through August, whatever they say out loud, whatever they question. And then, of course, his interpretations of their responses and reactions, whether it be verbal or nonverbal. Um, then we get snippets, Kells, of what goes on outside. 
So, you know, there's this scene where the, the two children and August, as they, everyone takes a break for lunch or whatever the context was, goes out and there's a truck parked out there and they're playing some song. Can't remember what the song is, no, but a popular song um, in the time frame. And the children are listening and hanging out. And he's also watching the children listen to the song and hanging out. So that is the snippet of society. And then later on, he thinks of the music during the uh, the barn dis- conversation, like one of their meetings, and thinks, uh-oh, you know, like, th- this is not allowed, right? Like, we're not supposed to be taking part and participating in society outside the boundaries of this colony. So then you understand as well, like, there's really no external influence for these women. When the men leave, the men are being exposed to outside for, you know, work or for, whatever other yep, reasons. Yep. You know, they need to go trade goods Including and such. the law. Yes. When the offenders are punished. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But the women don't, right? No. They don't get that right to go outside. So everything that they're experiencing, you get that tone of um, not having had the privilege of going outside, of seeing an external world, even something as precious or cherished or treasured uh, or even rebuked mm. as a book. Yep. Or music. And, or music. and, and it's yep. interesting because the young people, the teenage boys, are doing stuff that you, as, as August, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But we have the women doing stuff who ever, never get up. It's almost as if they're in the same position of teenage boys doing stuff, whether it's smoking in a barn, mm. whether in, and then lying and so on. And this is a Christian book. Um, I had to stop because that's that's the category it's in, and and think: Do I feel recognize this as a book that should be in that category? And I see so many reasons. Okay, yes, but it was different than what I expected. I also find books where there's a lot of this kind of dialogue. I think the length was perfect because so right. many people would find this a little too long. Um, but I really, with August going away to England. We got a taste outside of that community. We got a taste that he understood a bit differently the world around of course. the community. Comes back, but you almost felt the shunning that he would get by the males, some of the mistreatment or being taken as a joke by yeah. a lot of the people in it, including some of the females. And I found that very interesting um, a way that this individual was used as a device as he was as the note taker for everything but there was a level of of disrespect that he he was given the mm. the women and let's say outside of the attacks on the women there was a level of whether they felt prisoner or disadvantaged disrespect for the males the males obviously see the women in a certain way that is the one thing rife in, in it for me a lot of disrespect for individuals yeah. Even fighting amongst themselves, each other's opinion. And I know you get tired. Everybody has a group of friends you hang out with. Uh-uh, he's going on about that again. Oh, he thinks he knows everything about everything. You're yep, always yep. going to have that. And you did in this group of women trying to make a decision. They, they, they knew they, they had to do something. They all wanted some action. But you saw on the different levels of the passive-aggressive the willing to just say, look, guys, this is the way it is. This is where our world. And the, no, we're leaving Yes. This behind to go or out we're there. We're staying, but we're slaughtering. That's them. right. We are. Yeah. There was action decided. There's going to be more punishment mailed out. But how are we just not going to be here? Are we going to do something? What's going to who are we taking with us of the children?
How? It's very raw, right? And very that's raw. what the six hours was. You're hearing it, of course, from the perspective of August, who's not, like, he's not technically personally invested, other than maybe his feelings and love uh, and history with Ona, um, mm-hmm. one of the women. Uh, and but other than that, like what you really got was just raw perspective from the women. And you could tell, like, who was so even with the, the children, the two younger women, the fact that they were like, I'm bored, you know, like, what am I still doing here? What are we still doing here? Like, that's the kind of vibe I got from them. Yep. And then you got from the mothers, the mother who lost her child um, to the sexual assault, um, the mother who, uh, you know, her whole identity has been reformed. Um, because, you know, and I would call that a disability, right? Because mm-hmm. of the lasting impressions and torn up psyche after things that she faced. Like, there was so much going on, and some women were so violently frustrated, while other women were like, we need to forgive, we need to love. And and still, there's the subtext always, Kells, because of, of where this is set and what community we're talking about, of religion, of mm-hmm. re- spirituality, religion, and the obligations to religion and society as they are. I couldn't also recognize any of these people as somebody in my world, let's say. I did not able to say, oh my goodness, that is so-and-so in this situation. I could not you Thankfully, find uh-huh. even find this kind of situation because it's, it seems in my head, what, they, they snuck in and drugged these women yeah. and did horrible things. This is what they so did. Normalized. Uh, it was normalized. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the books where due to where um, the, the culture, everything, I guess, even though I'm not sure I want to use the word culture, I couldn't relate. They didn't represent anyone I knew. So their story for me was totally their story. Yeah. Yeah, you can convolute it with your own relatability. No, like, it's too no. far from our own realities. And I wonder, too, and it's as not, it wasn't because it was so violent. No. So this, you know, as we were talking about yeah. the Ukraine war, it wasn't because you had to think of people seeing this or seeing that. You, obviously, the act itself, the, the, yeah. the offense, you know, you understood. But even that, you understood but didn't understand. Right. And the thing is, um, one of one thing we didn't talk about is the ending and their actual decision to leave the colony and mm-hmm. how they came to that. But um, also the the fact that we were set up so that, you know, at the start of the book, we were told, hey, this is where the women are. This is the part of the process they're at now. Now they're trying to decide what to do from here. The men have already been um, taken into custody, right? Yeah. And, and this is no longer a fight of whether or not these acts actually happened. But imagining how long that took like, just imagining how long it took for the women to be in the position where they could be speaking of this as fact. Yes. Right? Because there was so much of the the throwaway of, oh, you know, they, they told us it was just the devil's work. They told us it was God testing us. They told us that this stuff isn't real. We're just hallucinating when we wake up. You know, these kind of things and how long that took yeah. to get here. Yeah. Good day. Good book. Yeah, really, really good book. And we can talk about it forever, and so many others can talk about it forever as well because it's so well-received and uh, so much to get into. But we are out of time. So let's wrap and tell people what's coming up next month uh, on the book club. It was Kelly's turn to pick the book because I chose first. And you chose Emperor of the North. Sir George Simpson and the Remarkable Story of the Hudson's Bay Company. Oh, this is a, on your list, eh? For mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, for quite a while. Yeah. Okay, it's by James Raffan. 
I believe I'm saying that correctly. And it's a biography, historical biography, Canadian biography, Canadian nonfiction, et cetera, et cetera. Human narrated on the Center for Equitable Library Access, of course, available on Audible as well. So we're talking about the histories of Sir George Simpson and the Hudson's Bay Company in the 19th century. It's in many ways one in the same. For Simpson's professional acumen and personal ambitions propelled a failing business to a position of great wealth and political power. Captures Simpson's many, uh, many, what am I saying? Uh, anyways, many somethings. A brilliant manager who kept <laughs> <laughs> kept a, a, his fur forts from east to west, ensuring British power across the land. A pompous dandy who was most at home in a Vio Vogier, Vogier, Voyager. Voyager Canoe, yeah. a man ashamed of his legitimate birth, but who went on to siren 13 children, a master businessman who laid the foundation for the single greatest business enterprise of its day. Lots a and lot lots to it. talk about, which is why we get the 20-hour book for the next two months. We're actually discussing it at the end of January, Tuesday, January 30th. Join us in 2024 to discuss this book. We will remind you tons throughout the last or the next eight-ish weeks. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.